Sports. If you have not followed his Triple H Horse Racing Podcast, you're missing out. It's one of the best podcasts in the country. Good morning and welcome to Saratoga Today for August 12th, 2023. I'm your host, Howard Kravitz, and you see on the screen right now my co-host for today, Patrick Kunzel and Charlie Freeman. Guys, how are we doing this morning? Doing well. How are you guys? Doing great. Patrick, you were just in uh, Pittsburgh on vacation watching your uh, Atlanta Braves, which would probably need some explanation to some people at a later time. Uh have what it's some wins and losses and uh charlie what's new with you you're uh, going back to school pretty soon correct yeah no just uh honestly been doing a lot of packing lately hanging out with some friends before they leave for school and then yeah leave less than a week now leave next thursday beautiful well we're excited to have you guys on and in case you're wondering uh patrick and charlie of course if you're not familiar with them although you should are on a ben and boozen show and they have been crushing it lately and that's why i have them on today people are wondering where's pete where's paul well, first of all, Pete's in California, and Paul needs a break once in a while. But really, most importantly, these guys have been killing it on the Bet and Boozin show. And Patrick, just real quick, I know you had a fantastic betting weekend yourself uh, when we, we saw you uh, at uh, Saratoga. You don't have to give details, but uh, very profitable weekend for you, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. Um, uh, you know, it was, I guess you could look at Whitney Week as being. You know, you see the favorites and, you know, the obvious choices. But, you know, I, I I saw some favorites, but I also liked a couple uh, longer shots on the board, and they happened to come through, and that was just one of those weekends where they uh, piled up for me, which was nice. Very nice. And, of course, one particular win bet that you were not overly happy about cashing, with the, which we talked about in the test stakes, but uh, uh, that, that, that counts as well. Charlie, are there any me and Mr. Seahorses today that we're going to be talking about? Uh, we'll have to see when we cover it late. I uh, I definitely think there's some tough ones in these higher class races where, you know, quite as many options. But I'm happy to see me and Mr. C has been on an absolute roll. So if you are not on the wagon yet, you should get on while you still can. Absolutely. Nice and a great score also last week on the Saratoga Power Picks on the Sunday uh, with some nice scores. Real quick, let's see who's here. Richard Avalar is here. Good morning. Hello. Uh, Paul wants to know. No, uh, it's Saturday, Paul. I did not have school today. These guys think I was not on the show Thursday night because the Arlington Million is at Colonial. I was trying to avoid it. I actually did have open house Thursday night, guys. Uh, some parents came. I, I, the, the students come Monday, believe it or not, for me. So I am ready to rock and roll for school. Uh, Mike Monroe, good morning. All races remain on grass, still holding the MTOs. Mike, the weather looks like it's gonna be okay. In the early part of the card, for sure. Chance of rain late, uh, later at Saratoga. If it does rain, it's going to be thunderstorms. Who the hell knows, guys? We're going to assume everything's going to be on turf. But be prepared later in the card, especially uh, for some races to come off the turf. Uh, if it, you know, if it gets, if there's rain there. Uh, let's see. Trish Smith wants to know, no morning shows for Kentucky Downs or Keelan. Trish, how many shows you want us to do here? Uh, I love both those tracks. We're not planning on doing any morning shows after the Saratoga meet, but if they're popular, Trish, why not? You guys up for some Keelan morning shows on uh, on a Saturday when the, for, the, for the big days in the fall? Sure, why not? Why not? All right, Charlie's like, nah, this is like already. <laughs> Charlie's like, wait a minute, this is already too early for me. I'm usually sleeping. College football season for Charlie. Yeah, uh, I mean, hey. it's a game day. That's going to be a tough show to make. 
that that's a good point all right guys let's get to the uh pick five now for you folks at home listening and watching thank you very much by the way a few quick items please make sure you subscribe on the very bottom i know charlie could do it because he's on the bottom of the screen the very bottom right hand side of the screen hit that subscribe button hit the notification bell so you know when new content will arise and smash and i mean smash that like button we only have three likes right now come on people smash that like button you can follow us um, on Twitter as well. I have it on my name tag. Charlie does. Patrick doesn't want anyone to follow him, so he doesn't have it on his name tag. That's okay. You can follow. Patrick, what's your Twitter handle real quick for people to know? It's just at uh, Patrick Kunzel. So just include my last name, uh, space it back, and it's just straightforward Patrick Kunzel. Okay, there you go. Very simple. Follow these guys on Twitter um, as well. And then real quick, of course, you can listen on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Anchor. We've got Power Picks. Look below the video play, regular Power Picks. We also have Saratoga Power Picks. And then we have a great podcast, or excuse me, a great website, hhhracingpodcast.com. All right, guys, we're going to be talking about the late pick five because we have not talked about Saratoga today at all uh, on any of our shows. We, we had Colonial, and then you guys uh, covered yesterday. Uh, Saratoga late pick five on the actually Patrick you weren't there on vacation but anyway the Ben Boone guys covered the late pick five on Friday so we're gonna be talking about some races that we have not talked about on this network at all so let me go ahead and bring up some banners here very quickly you're gonna see banners across the screen for our picks for our top three coming up right here we have some similarities guys we have some differences uh not this first race this first race looks like I mean just Bet the house on the eight and, and call it a day, everyone, because Love Reigns is going to rock. Uh, at least that's what we all hope for. Let me go ahead and whoop, do that. Sorry, guys. Hold on a second. I didn't want to do that. What is going on here today? Hold on a second. I want to do... Oh, I need to bring it on screen first. I'm having some tech issues, guys. I apologize. Oh, this is very interesting. Okay. For some reason, guys, the uh, live TV... Live, uh, not coming up on the screen, even though it should be. Hold on one second. Let me try something else. Huh. Oh, there we go. Very yeah. strange. Apologize, everyone. I don't know what's going on. All right. First leg of the pick five, race seven. It's the Galway Stakes. Uh, Phillies, three-year-olds. They're going five and a half furlongs. Let me go full screen here. You see the field here of 10. Again, there are a bunch of AEs and three M. There's two AEs, the 11 and 12. There's three MTOs if it comes off that sort of let's hope it doesn't. The main by the field has 10. Moreline favorite is the number eight, Love Reigns, for Ward and Rosario. We are all going in that direction. Uh, Charlie, what do you like about this Wesley Ward uh, trained filly? Yeah, so I know the horse has been on a bit of a layoff. I remember that I think on Ben and Booz and we actually covered um, the race that Love Reigns was supposed to be in, but that I think I don't remember if it was weather or if the horse just scratched mm-hmm. in general. Uh, but I think there were some others in here as well that might have been in that race end to scratch. Uh, so I guess that would be the only slight concern, although it's not that long of a layoff. Uh, but yeah, for me with Love Reigns, what I honestly really like is, unlike most Wesley Ward horses, this horse has actually shown the ability to be able to sit more off the pace and then finish strongly while still having that early speed, which is really nice. Yeah. Obviously, he's been running in some massive races. Uh, running in that BC uh, turf grade one obviously did not go so well. Horse was supposed to fire, but honestly... Though the horse doesn't have too many efforts in America, the, else, the, the rest has been stellar. Uh, and clearly, from a figures and talent perspective, Love, Love Reigns is the pick of the horse to beat uh, if uh, she can run back to what she's capable of. And I believe Love Reigns will. And it looks like you guys do as well. 
Yeah, I, I think that's an excellent point, Charlie. We know the Wesley Wards in general like to go to the lead, but this one is able to rate. I like the outside post also because she can just break and look to her left and see what's going on. I know there's been some Rosario hatred on this uh, show a little bit, Patrick. Not not all the hosts are fans of Rosario, and he he look. I can go either way with him, but he did r- ride the horse last time. You like this girl also, Patrick? Yeah, you know the hatred for Joelle is. Uh... You know, it can be warranted, but I also agree with you, Howard. I tend to side with Joel more times than not. And I, I think in this spot, um, Love Reigns looks to be the class and should sit a nice trip, as uh, Charlie pointed out. Um, you know, I you know Paul in the chat said the work tab hasn't been uh, extra special, which, you know, I, I don't I, I'm not too concerned about that. And the layoff doesn't concern me too much. I, I just like Love Reigns. Um, the only thing that honestly might concern me is the uh, the good turf course. I'm not sure. I'm not saying it's a bad thing for Love Reigns, but I'm not sure if she will take to the good on the softer side. But then again, who will in this race? We don't really know. It's fair. It's listed as good right now. Uh, Charles B wants to know are they on the turf? Yes, they're on the turf today. The weather should be fine until later in the day, if at all. It might it might be all good. We'll see. I have nothing to add, guys. I think Love Reigns is definitely the horse to beat. I think there are some others, though, that we, that we do need to discuss. And you look underneath, we're sort of all over the board. A bunch of us do have the four. Let me go ahead and, and go to the four. It's a love fest because Love Appeals is mm-hmm. the four for Clement. Has a number two back, guys, 87. that absolutely fits. Lost last time. I'm not going to show the replay. Didn't get the best trip. Um, Charlie, you've got that one third. And Patrick, we have that one second. Patrick, I'll let you quickly talk about Love Appeals a bit. Yeah, Love Appeals, you know, I've been following her. She, She's had, you know, one on debut, uh, came back and, you know, kind of struggled a little bit in a race, but has been bet in every race, rightfully so, with the connections. Um, I just, I, I don't think Love Appeals is as good as Love Reigns, but stands above this class and could make one late kick if the, uh, if the uh, speed holds up in this race. Yeah, no question. And Patrick, I should have, uh, I should have, uh, oh, there you go. Now that uh, it was all dark, now it's lighter. Maybe that's the computer oh. screen. I don't know if you can, you're, you're good. Charlie, any quick thoughts on Love Appeals or what you've got the nine also, who is very speedy, maybe can wire the field, Stone Silent, who's improving for Asmussen? Uh, I think Patrick has the nine, but yeah. Oh, that's the, Patrick. Um... I'm sorry. My bad. Sorry. Let, let, you can talk about my sweet affair if you like, or you can just go back on Love Appeals if you want. Yeah, so for my sweet affair, I mean, for Love Appeals, Patrick kind of hit a lot of what I was going to say as well. I I do think Love Appeals, I think a lot of people in the chat agree as well that the two Love Horses, um, you know, could very well end up being the top two together. It could be a Love Affair altogether. Uh, But for a different affair with my sweet affair, um, you know, getting Irad, George Weaver, who's, you know, been very solid lately. Uh, I know the figures don't necessarily jump off the page other than the 89 figure way back, but I think the horse can still take a step forward. Uh, you know, has shown a lot of consistency, which I do like no real, like terrible effort. Uh, and, you know, ran very well against Love Appeals and sat a nice trip off the pace and then closed well late after, you know, sitting three lengths, which normally isn't a lot, you know, and a turf sprint is a decent amount of ground. So to cover and got within a head. I think the one key for this horse is I do think since there's other horses like, like Love Reigns and Love Appeals that also will sit a little off the pace and then try to make a move. My sweet affair will definitely have to make sure to have enough early pace. Uh, that she doesn't have too much work to do late, but I still think can certainly be in with a shot and at a nice six to one price. If you do feel strongly about love reigns, like I do could certainly be a nice horse to put in the exact as that could finish in the money. 
Um, a Roth, this is really important. Now, the reason why we do these shows a little bit later than we originally had is because scratches are going to be coming in. I don't have it up on Twitter right now. So people, if scratches start coming in, like A Roth said, the five is scratched in this race, according to A Roth. So um, if scratches come out, everyone, that'd be um, Anna's yeah. arabesque. If scratches do come out, everyone, please feel free to put them in the chat. That'll give us a little bit more info. Um, or if you guys, Patrick and Charlie, if you guys, you can follow Andy Serling on Twitter. He puts out the scratches right away. Do you guys see scratches out right now, like publicly out? Yeah, I do. The only other scratch in our sequence here is the, uh, in the 10th, is the 8th Skylander. Okay, so everything is clear as of right now. Wow. Yes. Yeah. Okay. That's cool. also oh. eligible. Yeah. Yeah, we're good. Okay. Uh, by the way, I got to bring this. Hold on a second. Let me bring these this banner down. Uh, guess who's in the chat, guys? Waking up very early. Uh, Noah Maher. Noah, wow. Good for you, man. What is it? Jeez. What time is it out there? It's 7.45 in the morning. Charlie, uh, no can play my game up early, man. You're betting and boozing, buddy, is up uh, in California bright and early. Noah, what's up? Uh, how you doing? Thanks for joining the show. Um, all right, guys. Let's go on to the next leg here. Let's go to race eight. Race eight. Let me go ahead and bring it up on the screen. Uh, let me do this here. Here we go. Race eight. Race up. Oh, I got to switch it. Guys, I'm having, I'm not doing a great job this morning. Hold on one second here. Hold on. All right. We're good. I just got to switch some things around. All right. Race eight. Here it comes right now. There we go. Um, Saratoga special, guys. Grade two. This is for the two year olds, for the babies. This is for the baby boys. It is a small field of six. With the Moorline favorite, number six, Rhyme Schemes for Norm Cassie, four to five on the morning line. You see our picks on the bottom of the screen, guys. Two of you are going to go with Rhyme Schemes. I'm going to get a little bit cute, so to speak, with a second-choice Pletcher. Patrick, I'm going to let you talk first about Rhyme Schemes. This is a horse a lot of people are going to have to make some decisions about uh, because the main question is, this huge buyer that rhyme schemes got a 94 that we see on the screen, real fake somewhere in between. We don't know yet. What's your thought? Yeah. My thought is somewhere in between, to be honest. Um, I, I don't think a 94 buyers justified um, did win by nine lengths was on the lead. We, we can look back at Ellis, Ellis park. And you know, the fact of being on the lead there was just instrumental in winning races. If you were on the lead, you had a great shot, very hard to kick up uh, in a race, like uh, from being off the pace. So I, I just think uh, this horse probably justified to get around an 80 buyer speed figure, which would be great for this race. So uh, that's why I kept the horse on top. Uh, Norm Cassie has been doing really well at this meet. Uh, paired up with Ricardo Santana. So I, I do like Rhyme Schemes a lot. Um, that race that Rhyme Schemes comes out of that uh, he won also had a couple winners in that uh, previous race. So I, I like Rhyme Schemes, but I do not think the 94 is justified to answer the question. So Charlie, real interesting. You can see on the screen, these Italicies uh, font are the horses that won their next out. Past they had to finish third, dropped in buyer from a 60 to a 56. But Timberlake went from a 58 to an 85. And then their horse went from a 54 to a 52. There's just a lot of mixed signals here. One thing we do know, Charlie, is Ellis tend to be very speed favoring uh, this meet. And uh, and so I think this number is a little bit hard to figure. Uh, that's just something everyone's going to have to make their own decision on. 
No, I agree with Patrick, though. I mean, while the effort wasn't as impressive as it was, you know, there were some other other horses that came out to win and to win by nine lengths, regardless against pretty much any field is still impressive to an extent. Horses worked, I'd say, decently. Uh, I don't think the 94 is justified. I agree with Patrick. I think it's probably too high. Uh, And I do think, as you mentioned also, that, you know, having that speed at Alice is beneficial, especially the fact that Ryan seems in have to work crazy hard for it and was able to start to get away pretty early and then put the field away uh, again pretty early on. Didn't really have to, you know, battle with a horse back and forth the whole time and waste much energy. Um, but the one thing that still, even though I do have my doubts about rhyme schemes, uh, and I have a feeling people are going to kind of overhype and overbet the horse. However, I think even though a regression is inevitable in my eyes with the how big the difference is to the next horse in this field in figures, I think even with the regression, rhyme schemes would still be too strong. Because um, I feel like, honestly, even with the figure maybe in the 80s, I mean, we're looking at a field where the highest is, what, like a 68, 69. I will say, though, I do like your move with Hall because, for me, when I was looking, if there was any horse that I thought could be rhyme schemes, I would say Hall just because I do like that this horse was able to sit right behind the speed and then go away. So I do think, you know, Pletcher's also been doing tremendous, and it's always great to have Irad when they're together. So I think if there is a horse that's set up to potentially upset rhyme schemes, I do think it is Hall. Hall is the nine here on the St. Elias. The green silks are on the outside. Uh, did it very professionally, guys. And we can talk about two-year-old numbers all day. But I'm not – I don't get too excited about big two-year-old figs with rhyme schemes. And you'd have to believe that this Pletcher trainee is, number one, going to improve second out. And number two, the six and a half. I believe this is six and a half, right? The, the distance of today's race, guys, six and a half, tends to be a separator, in my opinion. In my opinion, when they go longer, uh, you, you'll see the, the cream rise to the top, so to speak. And this horse by Army Mule, and the Army Mules have been absolutely on fire. This is Eclipse Thoroughbreds. These are IRAD, guys. These are serious connections. And I don't, th- th- that three to one is it's a complete pipe dream i'm gonna guess guys i'm gonna say this what rhyme schemes is four to five more in line i think it's gonna be like rhyme schemes six to five hall like eight to five i think it's gonna be really close there's no way in hell we are getting three to one on the hall at all um but i think he's gonna improve a lot i think the distance helps i think it's pretty much four six uh to the hoop we didn't talk about out of five we're gonna move on the number five who did win last time at ellis for Asperson. And when Tappets win first out, guys, this horse has a lot of talent also. Charlie, uh, Charlie, you have this horse third. Patrick, you've got Lasso third. It's pretty much a two-horse race, 4-6. Any of your thoughts, guys, before we move on? No, no, I'm good. All right, let's move on, guys. Let's move on to the next race here. So I go ahead and put us on screen, and whoop, let's do that instead. Too big. Race nine. Uh, race nine, well, a, a lot of uh, fours and sixes Again, for good reason. Now, Charlie, this is a race that you and I should have very strong opinions on. Uh, you want to talk about where were we when we watched this race last time? Uh, th- these two horses coming out of this race, which I'll I'll show on screen right now. Yeah, we were uh, <clears throat> we were live at the OTB and made it very clear. Both of us did that. Annapolis seemed kind of, I guess, in a way untouchable and seemed like the clear-cut horse to win. And it was just a matter of do you have a strong opinion of someone to put below? And I believe, I could be wrong, but I believe we both did have a strong feeling that this was just between Annapolis and Costa Creed. And I think we both kind of felt that the value play in that race was to do Annapolis over Costa Creed because it just seemed inevitable. It would come down to those two, uh, but that uh, Annapolis would prove too tough. And then what actually happened was 
Well, Costa Creed got the exact trick that we expected Annapolis to get. Annapolis had the exact thing that we kind of thought what happened to Costa Creed with having too much work to do and, yep. you know, Costa Creed not getting there in time. And, uh, you know, I'm guessing I'll let you touch on what you believe. But what I believe is that, uh, you know, um, Irad will learn from what happened last time. Not that he did anything particularly wrong. It's just kind of how the race developed. But to kind of ensure, at least in my eyes, that Annapolis will be a little closer and try to make sure that Annapolis is right with Costa Creed or even a little ahead, uh, you know, because with the kick that Costa Creed showed, you know, obviously Annapolis can't really afford to be too far behind. Uh, so I think he, I think Annapolis does turn the tables. I'm curious to think what you think is we were both had very strong opinions about the source. Obviously the public did last time out as well, uh, but I think Annapolis can bounce back and will. You know, let's watch the start guys, because I thought, and Charlie, you were literally sitting what six inches from me. I mean, we were right next to each other uh, watching this race on this day, the Kelso. And I turned to you right away and I said, I don't like it. And when I say I don't like it, watch the two and the eight. The two is Annapolis. The eight's Casa Creed. Watch the two, Annapolis, who uh, actually broke fine but got pinched. It's hard to see here on the on uh, in the yellow there. I'm going to rewind it. I'm, I don't have the head on here, but this is the pan shot. The, the two got pinched a little bit and got sort of studied back along with the four. And right here, right here, Charlie, I, I didn't like it at all. I thought... Uh, this the, the one right here. I thought Annapolis would be right here where my arrow is. Casa Creed was fine, but if you would have told me Casa Creed was ahead of Annapolis going to the first turn, I would have been very surprised. That's exactly what happened. Now, as we fast forward here, again, here's Annapolis. Here's Casa Creed. Annapolis is getting a, a perfectly good trip, Patrick, but Annapolis really should be like up here, really where my arrow is and not back where he is. And what you were going to see here in the stretch, I'll go ahead forward here, is nice job uh, by the jock here. Casa Creed gets the jump. Here's Annapolis, Patrick, following Casa Creed, but it's hard to run Casa Creed down when he gets a head start, Patrick. Yeah, you're not going to outkick uh, Casa Creed in the stretch, um, I don't think. And that's why I, th- you know, I-, I do have Casa Creed on top. I- to be honest with you, I think Annapolis, and you pointed it out, uh, needs to be more forward. I think in this spot, Annapolis kind of needs to be on the lead, in my opinion. I think, you know what, get out there and, you know, anchor it down, pull those fractions in and, you know, walk the dog, as they like to say, uh, because I wouldn't I would not want to flirt with Casa Creed, um, you know, sitting behind or next to down the backstretch and then having the outkick, because I do not think Annapolis will outkick Casa Creed in the stretch if it comes down to those two dueling. And I, I just think at this point in time, Casa Creed, is the better horse, and that's why I have uh, Casa Creed on top. I don't think Annapolis is going to have a lead because my Sea Cottage, I mean, why is this horse in the race? The only, he, the only reason why this horse is in the race is to try to wire the field. I mean, I'd be shocked if Dylan Davis takes back at all. I think this is just a send, and the Cassies are just hoping to get a placing. So I think Annapolis will sit off of my Sea Cottage, which is fine. But I agree with you guys. Annapolis needs to be much more forward. He's talented. He's a bit quirky. Um, I see eight to five on the morning line. Um, So high has a little bit of early speed, but not enough early speed. Seven to five on Casa Creed. Here's a great question, Patrick. Who's going to be favored? Are we sure Casa Creed's going to be favored in this race? No, I I honestly think Annapolis will be favored. (laughs) Do you really? I do. Charlie, do you have a pin? I mean, it doesn't really matter. They're both going to be low prices, but I don't know. It's an interesting conversation. No, I think they'll definitely be kind of floating back and forth. Um, I actually also agree, though, Patrick. I think just when you see how much Annapolis took, 
I think a lot of people are going to naturally, I mean, it kind of depends. I feel like you're more casual betters who maybe didn't watch or bet the race are going to go, oh, Costa Creed won and just bet Costa Creed. But I think a lot of the people who bet the horses that day will likely see what you saw as well, where Annapolis didn't get that good trip and where, you know, where we typically would have expected the two horses to be, it was flipped the other way. And I think a lot of people think it'll kind of go back to what they expected the first race to turn out in. And that's why I think Annapolis could end up going off as the favorite. Yeah, uh, we're going to move on, guys, but don't forget about Manuel, who got a dream trip last time and I didn't think was going to win that race, did win. I mean, you'd figure another dream trip is coming, guys, so I wouldn't short shrift on Emmanuel. To me, Emmanuel's a C. If it's not Casa Creed or Annapolis, I'm probably going to lose the pick five, but just my personal opinion, guys, and we all have this horse third, so there's really not too much else to add. We, we all pretty much feel the same way. Let's go on to the next race, guys. The next race, race 10, is a starter uh, allowance and these last two races I thought were pretty difficult to be honest. I don't have a very strong opinion at all in this race. It's starter allowance 50. They're going, uh, I believe it's we have one mile out of the chute, which Patrick you saw up close and you can you you can tell everyone that it's a pretty short run into that turn. And outer posts are no bueno, by the way, at all on this mile shoot. Being there in person, you get to see it even more. You really want to be on the inside in general, unless you're a dead closer and breaking from the outside. It's a big field of 10. It's wide open. The Moorline favorite here is what number five, Mystical Curlin. Let me go ahead and bring our picks up on the screen. You see we're sort of all over the map here. I don't even have the Moorline favorite anywhere in my top three. Charlie, you're going to go with the number six, a CC Bellow, I believe it's pronounced, New York bred um, for Duggan and McCarthy in very good form and showed nice speed last time. Yeah, no, the horse just took a huge step forward. And again, that, this, as you mentioned, this is a very tough race. Um, there is no clear-cut winner in my eyes as well. Uh, so honestly, for me, an angle, if uh, for those of you watching, I've been in Boozin that I kind of highlight a lot, and I know Kyle does as well, uh, is just looking for progression in a horse. And after this horse took, you know, a big layoff uh, with that awful 37 on debut, puts up a 61, which obviously not great either, but then jumps up to a 74, which you're like, okay, that's respectable in this field. And then jumps up to an 88, which is good enough to, I would say a performance like that could beat anybody in this field. And for me, I just like to see that steady progression. Also looks like the horse likes running a dirt mile. That's where the horse has the strongest figures. Uh, the works have also been very sharp with a 47 flat on July 22nd. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I just feel like when you're looking for a race where there is no heavy, strong favorite, just look for someone who's at least showing progress. Look for someone who has something that stands out to the rest of the field. And for me, I don't think any horse is showing this type of improvement. And Patrick, I'm curious if you had that same angle as Cecio Bello in terms of just repeatedly improving, improving, improving in form. And I don't think the horse needs to take a step forward, but if Cecio Bello does, surely should win this race with a step forward from an 88. Uh, yeah, the host of your show, guys, is just checking in. Love seeing the boys on Saturday morning. Give me some winners, boys. What's up, Kyle? Late happy birthday again. Shout out to Kyle Roscoe on his birthday this week. Go ahead, Patrick. Yeah, it's just, Charlie, you hit good points. Uh, it's I found it interesting, too, with CeCe Bello has not been bet, really, at all. I mean, has been you no. know a long shot in every race. Um, and most of those were state-bred uh, races. So, you know, but I really like the last two races. Um, that allowance race uh, came back really strong. I know the horse didn't win, but I really I thought that last race was impressive. Uh, that second place finish. So I went with the improved CC Bello in a spot where it's very wide open. I didn't have a real strong opinion. Like I said, my only concern with CC Bello, guys, the horse is improving, Charlie. Yes. 
But that last pick was so big and it was on the lead. I'm not sure he's getting the lead this time. So I'm feeling a bit of a regression because of that. But this horse can absolutely win. I'm using this horse. I'm going to go with the two guys. This is a bit of a guess, I will say. But there's a few things I like about Forest City. And Patrick, you like this horse a little bit also. You have him second. Um, I like the switch to Mott, obviously. Uh is going to get a, a real nice trip in theory from the inside has got numbers that fit. And this is a starter, uh, you know, allowance. And so you can make the argument that the horse is actually dropping slightly Patrick from N two L's and N one X's, although they are in Indiana. So it's pretty much of a lateral move, but the fact that he's switching to Mott and should get a good trip and has speed figs that fit. I think this horse is very logical. I'm curious to see how, what this horse does today. Yeah, and I like the way Mott plays, obviously, you know, Hall of Fame trainer, but Billy Mott plays his horses in good spots, even in lower-ranked yeah. uh, spots. And, you know, Howard, everything you hit on was pretty much what I thought and could be uh, on on or near the lead in this spot as well. Yeah, I, th- I'm i sure the six is going to show speed. There's a lot. Of, this is just a this is an interesting race. I, I, gut feeling is not slow on the inside of the 110. By the way, trained newly trained by a guy named Dutro, who I think moved up quite a barrio slightly last last week and might try to move up a turf horse, Patrick, that you and I talked about at Colonial Downs. But anyway, that's another conversation for another day. Um, there, there is some speed in this race or magnitude. Um, I think there's some speed on the outside, if I recall. Maybe not. I thought there was one. Memphis is a fascinating horse. We're not going to talk about him, but uh, cost 850000 Pletcher dropped him in for a maiden 40, and then he won, and now Linda's claiming <laughs> There's a lot of stuff going on in this race, guys. So I think this is where we're going to get the price, frankly, in the pick five. Let's go to the last race. Uh, Charlie, do you want anything else? You, I, I was against the five for the, sort of the same reasons that we mentioned. This is like a need-the-lead type with just one big number. If you toss out the 103, I mean, you could say, well, you can't toss it out. I'm tossing it out. It was on the slop with an easy lead. I just, I think this horse is very hard to trust, personally. But I understand why you've got him second. Yeah, honestly, and then another horse also with the three, you're right. The, the three horses that really interest me are all ones who had wins going away or or near wins that were on the lead and kind of able to just get away with it. And honestly, that was kind of my thought, was just maybe one of these three between three, five, and six should be able to be the speed that actually holds up and just hoping that one of them is the one that's able to do it. Uh, for Mystical Curling, yeah, personally, I think because of that 103, this horse will get bet weight and bet on way too much because a lot of people are going to see that. And I don't think in a race this wide open, it's uh, you know worth taking that risk. But I still think the horse could be in the money. And then with the three, I mean, the, hasn't had a bad figure to date. Ran at Gulfstream, which you know I think is again a lateral move. Has been very impressive there, although the you know money wasn't anything too high. And then moves over to Saratoga and just wins going away. Uh, so another price one, at least for order of magnitude. If it were me, I would lean towards betting the three or six just because at least with either of those, you're getting value. Um, for me, the five, I think, could be in and around the money. But for me, it's not one I would touch if you're playing the race on its own just because I think a lot of people with that 103 are going to bet this horse way more than it deserves. Yeah, it's a very tough race. I think it's going to be very trip-dependent. The second-to-last race of the day, the penultimate leg, race 10, is very interesting. By the way, we have a ton of people watching right now, guys, on YouTube, on Twitter. Hundreds of people are watching right now throughout the world. Thank you very much for watching Saratoga today as myself, Patrick, and uh, Charlie from Benton and Booze and the co-hosts. We are covering the late pick five here at Saratoga today on Saturday. Guys, let's get to the closeout leg because, hey, if you can't hit the last leg, 
you're not going to hit the pick five, pick four, pick three, whatever you're playing horizontally. Our picks are now on the bottom of the screen for the last race. I thought this last race, guys, was real tricky. We'll have we'll talk about it here for approximately five minutes. Let me go ahead and bring up the entries here. The last race, and we're going to assume, here we go again, we're going to assume it's going to be on turf. If there's any race that is taken off the turf, by the way, I think it's likely to be this one only because of what the weather looks like, where it might be worse later in the day. Let's hope not, though. This is a New York bred allowance. They're going a mile of 16th on the inner for Phillies and mares. Nice purse of 95,000. You see it's a main, the main body of the field has 10. Then there are two MTOs. The 11 and 12 are only going to run if it is switched to dirt. So if it stays on the turf, the 11 and 12 are not going to be in. The morning line favorite here, and it's a very soft morning line favorite, is the number two. Waterville for Clement and Rosario. Patrick and Charlie, you both have the two on top. I have the two in third. Charlie, let's go to you first. I go ahead and bring up the PPs here for Waterville. Waterville is a nice closer. Uh, gets is seven to two in the morning line here. Gets blinkers on one for nine. There's some things to like. There's some things to question though as well. I mean, yes, uh, certainly uh, something to question whenever it's a deep closer like Waterville is. I remember this race, though, because I believe this was also the day we were at the uh, the OTB covering our live show. I remember I felt very strong about Silver Skillet uh, in that race who went on to win. But I was very impressed that anyone really got close because I thought Silver Skillet would dominate this field and was originally going to until Waterville just came out of nowhere and just flew by all the horses, was just picking up the pieces and got within a half length and nearly got there with Flavian Pratt. Um, you know, with Christopher Clement, who's or Christoph Clement, who's obviously a very solid trainer, uh, I think the figures certainly fit in this race. Uh, and, you know, I do think the horse, if uh, Waterville can show a little more early speed just to not be too far off the pace, which I do think the horse is capable of, I think Waterville could be surprisingly tough in this spot. Um, I am curious with your strong feelings on the sixth sleeve because I remember on that day, uh, the host of the show, Patrick and I are on Button and Booze, and Kyle also felt very strong against Salib. And I remember we had Salib over Silver Skillet that day. So I'm curious. Uh, to hear your angle with that horse. But yeah, I think Waterville is, uh, I don't know necessarily a deserved favorite, but I don't know if there's a horse that really is. I think this is another one that's fairly open. That's why there is a self-favorite. But I think if Waterville can sit a little bit closer, uh, should be very tough in the spot. Yeah, that's the question. What are the blinkers going to do? He, he's, uh, excuse me, she, well, I don't have a drink with me. She, she's uh, she's never had blinkers, guys. So it, it's going to be interesting to see I guess the question is the blinkers more for focus or more for speed. Like usually with the turf horses, to me, it's usually more for focus and make sure they see other horses with dirt horses. To me, they put blinkers on more for speed purposes. So I don't know. I, I, I think the source Patrick is going to be under seven to two. I think the source will be like two to one. Uh, but again, hard to trust Rosario, big field, etc. Let's talk about the six. Now, Charlie and I don't have the six anywhere, Patrick. You have this horse second. I have this horse first. Let me actually, I'm going to talk first. When you look and you look at the PPs here, here's the main question. Is this horse better going shorter? Now, when they switch to maker, uh, an 83 and a 71, much better figs than before, but that was sprinting. Last time they went two turns in the mile, and you might be saying, okay, Howard, why are you picking this horse? This race is a mile and a 16th. And Charlie, I'm going to get directly to your question right now. 
this this trip on the first turn was completely ridiculous. And this was the Waterville race. Solib in this race is the two. Watch what happens, everyone, to the two in this race. The two is right here. Solib breaks fine. He's a bit headstrong. I'm just going to let it show through. Sort of in the green on the inside. You're going to see a lot of trouble on the inside as they start bunching together. Gets completely checked, studied, shuffled. It was awful. Watch carefully the two. I, I'm trying to watch the arrow. Right here, the jock starts taking back, and then, oh, boy, a lot of trouble. You see real headstrong get checked all the way back. It was just – and now the two is all the way back here when I really think the two want to be somewhere up here, guys. So, to me, this is a tricky horse to ride, Charlie, and I'm sure Patrick saw the same thing. But I think this horse will be more forward in a race that doesn't have a lot of speed in it. And you know Maker can get a horse, no problem with the distance. So this is more of a trip play for me. Uh, Patrick, was that your thought here as well? Yeah, it was. And I, I like, you know, looking back on a race like that because you're going to get a price now with Salib because I don't know if everybody's going to see that uh, situation that occurred there. Um, and I look for Salib to get well, back. Well, they saw to... it now. The whole world just saw it now. We, well, we just showed all of the horse racing world. Uh, but and the horse was bet in those two, uh, the past two races. So it leads me to believe that this horse should uh, bounce back today. Yeah, I, I just, I don't know how talented this one is. And I, four to one might be a little bit light, but I think it's a little bit interesting. Let's talk also about the four and then we'll go and end the show. Stella Mars is tricky horse for me, Charlie. I have um, her second. You have her second. Patrick has this horse nowhere. What I found weird was she's improving, but the lack of works to me was strange. But then I looked back, and this horse doesn't really work that often or that fast anyway. So maybe I'm reading too much into it. This Stella Mars was a tricky read for me, Charlie. Yeah, I mean, not too much to work with, as you kind of mentioned. Certainly noticed that as well, because uh, you know I am someone who tends to, you know, uses point obviously more so with younger horses, but nonetheless likes to point out that a horse is working forwardly usually. Um, but for me, I try not to note too much because, as you mentioned, it kind of does look like a pattern for this horse. Uh, and Stellamar still ended up showing up firing. You know, had that one workout June 9th and then runs a month later from the last workout and goes out such a career best buyer, sits a beautiful trip off the pace at a price, and then comes in to win by two. And that was kind of my angle where I think Stella Myers could certainly be interested in as, at a price. Uh, as this horse, you know, likes to sit off the pace, but doesn't, you know, the change that Stellamar showed last time out, which speaks volumes to me, was set off the pace, but not nearly as far back as usual, uh, which could be beneficial because if Waterville doesn't move up a little more like I think uh, she'll need to, Stella Mars could end up getting the jump. Now, I do think Waterville is a much stronger late kick, which could make up for it anyway. But again, certainly if you are looking for a little bit more of a value, and I think you will get all of that five to one, um, I think Stella Mars is a very interesting horse to at least be somewhere in the money. Um, Mike... Ponf, uh, Ponfic, I believe is probably pronounced your name. Mike, thanks for joining the show. I don't think we've seen your name in the chat before. Uh, singling Waterville, guys. That's that's ballsy, but listen, in a race where there's many, why not just take a shot? And last horse I'm going to mention, just because they're uh, sp uh, friends of the show and sponsors, Rayum is an Adelphi horse, guys, that, Charlie, you only have third. My only concern with Rayum, and I'll show this horse, is – He's a bit one, or she's a, she's, she's a bit one paced. And I don't know if the mile and a 16th on the inner is the kind of horse you want for this spot, because you usually want a horse with like some kind of turn of foot and, and, and can close. And these like plotters, the inner course doesn't work real well. And I think this race might be a little bit short 
for her, but she gets blinkers off. Here's another one that could win also, Charlie. Yeah, again, I mean, for me, the big concern I have with the 10 uh, in terms of winning is just needing some more early speed. I mean, you see the figures of 39 is obviously worrisome, but at least the figures, again, have been consistent. I do think uh, the horse who's also, which I think is important to note, has been pretty lightly raced, hasn't been running all that often. Um, so I think certainly has room for improvement and can take steps forward. Again, as I mentioned earlier with uh, the horse that I have on top, I, I love, I like Christoph Clement a lot. I think he's a very underrated uh, trainer that sometimes, you know, floats under the uh, under the line of the Pletchers and um, Chad Browns of the world, but ends up having great horses and other strong races. Uh, so I think with a step forward, it, I think at the very least could be in the money. I think the one angle, though, that I do have to acknowledge for multiple horses that I've covered in my top three is they are kind of pace-dependent closers where if there isn't enough early speed, could struggle. But I do see some horses that I think will have to go uh, and can certainly, especially as you mentioned with, I think Salib could end up being more forward. Uh, certainly Lady Jasmine could be forward. Um, Galley had um, uh, spinning collars amongst others. I do think there's enough horses that would want to move forward that could set up for these stalkers and closers that I have in my top three. And I'm assuming that's the angle you've had as well. And same with you, Patrick, with the two on top as well. Yeah, I, I just, I find the last two races, guys, tricky. Now, we're not going to talk about the pick five as we end the show, or excuse me, the, our, our, our horizontal bet here. My opinion, guys, we'll just a quick whip, whip around uh, is I'm going to go thin early and spread late. I think the last two races are very tricky. Patrick, is that your general thoughts for people that want to play this uh, pick five horizontally today? Yeah, exactly. I'm trying to get to the last two races um, and just spread out in those race in the final two. Uh, I think, you know, both stakes, you can make your strong opinions and then spread. Uh, Charlie, was that what you'd recommend or do you have another idea for uh, horizontally in this pick five? No, for me, I would honestly probably start out with maybe one or two horses, depending on how strong you feel, like how I do about Love Reigns. And then honestly, kind of just decide, are you going rhyme schemes? Or are you going to maybe pick one or two other horses instead? Kind of how you've covered before, Howard, where you kind of either have to single the heavy favorite or bet against it. Uh, and then again, next race, you're probably going either Annapolis or Costa Creed, or if you want to play it safe, take them both. And then, yeah, definitely going three, four, five deep in those last two where it gets more unpredictable. They're less proven and there isn't someone, you know, who jumps off the page. Yeah, and everyone should pay attention to race five. Race five today at Saratoga is outside of the pick five. But, whoa, there There are some serious babies. And it's also the first dirt race for two-year-olds they've written for seven furlongs, guys, which is something to pay attention to because these are – that means not only these horses are precocious, but they might want to go a little bit longer. You're talking possible like Breeders' Cup juvenile starters in this race, especially with the one and the five horse in race five. And Charlie, I don't know if you also looked at the whole card, but Larry Ravelli has got some very live first time starting New York breads running at Saratoga today. So it's one of those typical Saturdays, guys. Great combination of older horses and stakes and some babies running. You got to pay attention to the babies. Uh, because I think there's some future stars uh, possibly today, Charlie. Oh, yeah, no, absolutely. And I think it's interesting because I know what we've talked about in our chat that you, uh, we, you know, we've noted in that race five, two horses that we think uh, could be very impressive that you and Patrick mentioned. And I see in our chat, Aroth is all over Todd's horse, uh, who I believe is the favorite, the one uh, eliminate who he's saying could be a monster as well. So certainly <laughs> How many R's this- is that? One, two, three, four. Aroth <laughs> loves that horse. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm not the mathematician like you, but that's definitely at least three plus ours. Um, <laughs> that's but, a lot uh, of them. 
Yeah, that usually, you know, once you get past three, that's when you start to know it must be a real monster. But uh, I certainly think that could be one of those races that kind of, you know, floats under the radar and could be one where, you know, you look back and you see a few of those horses where maybe that one didn't win that day, but ends up running huge. And, you know, as you mentioned, some of these end up running one of the biggest races uh, in the country one day. Uh, Certainly a race to watch. Yeah, it's going to be really exciting today at Saratoga. Guys, thanks for joining me this morning. You did an awesome job. As always, looking forward to see you guys later in the week. For uh, my co-host, Patrick Kunzel and Charlie Freeman, this will be your host, Howard Kravitz, for Saratoga today, August 12th. Let's hope that rain stays away. Crush your bets at Saratoga. Take care, everyone. Have a good day. Bye-bye.